Sussex by the Sea podcast. A podcast that now covers local football in this great town of ours, as well as keeping up with all the frills and spills, highs and lows of my team, Hastings United. On the show this week, week 15 of the Hastings Report with ESFL veteran Leon Pettit. Another week of Tim's Takes with Timothy Booth-Jones with all the latest from the women's side. No roundtable this week, but what we do have, exclusive audio from last night's Hastings United Fan Forum. We were joined by directors Darren Burney and Peter Sherlock talking about the future of the pilot field. Apologies for audio quality, but thank you to last-minute saviour Ian Grant. Enjoy, grassroots football fans. And now it's the shout-outs. One shout-out this week, and it's a big shoot-out to that man Howard as it's his birthday, or was his birthday, on Tuesday. Hope it went well, mate. And now over to week 15 of the Hastings Report. It gives me great pleasure to have Leon Pettit here for week 15 of the Hastings Report. Uh, Leon Pettit, our ESFL veteran, uh, former Team of the Week player, uh, wasn't in the Team of the Week this week, but we'll talk about that later. First of all, Leon, how's your week been? Yeah, it was good until the weekend, but we'll talk about it. The curse of Team of the Week. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about it. I was fuming. But... Oh, the banter, the banter. Anyway, so uh, let's let's go crack straight into it. So start with SCFL. Uh, first of all, on the 15th of November. Yeah, so first of all, Tuesday, um, Upfield Town was supposed to be playing Bexhill in the Sussex Senior Challenge Cup. That got postponed, uh, a date to be arranged uh, still. Uh, so then we went on to the 19th, which is the Saturday. Uh, Little Common played bottom club uh, Roffey and absolutely spanked them 8-2. Uh, Sam Crutwell getting a hat-trick, two from Lewis Hull. Uh, James Crone, Lewis Parsons and Freddie Warren getting the others. Um, I mean, Roffey also suffered an early red, uh, the 28th minute. Uh, and amazingly enough in this game, Roffey took the lead. Um, your, your thoughts on the fixture, if you have any, Leon? Um, just look like a torrid afternoon for Roffey. I mean, look <laughs> at the um, number of yellow cards they—they'd already got two two bookings within the first within the first fifteen minutes. Man sent off after half hour. So um, yeah, not a great afternoon for them. But we don't care about them. We care about a little common. Well done. Mm, yeah. Well done absolute, them. Absolute spanking victory. Then we move on to uh, Bexhill. Bexhill were playing away at Horsham, and uh, well, a nice little victory for Bexhill. One three one. Uh, Jack Shunk got two. James Stone with their goal. Uh, Josh Neathy got a pen for Horsham. Uh, takes Bexel up to sixth. Um, comfortable. Any thoughts that, uh, there, Leon? Good turnaround for him, I guess, after um, they've had a few iffy results the last few weeks. So, yeah, yeah hopefully they can start start their turnaround in form. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, a, maybe a late run. Might be too late. I don't yeah. know. But, uh, you know, 
Uh, then we look to the fixtures. Uh, we got a little common, little common playing on the on the Tuesday, which is uh, today's the we're recording Monday, so this Tuesday coming. They're playing against Stenning Town, fifth place Stenning Town. It might be a tough one for Common. I mean, what do you think, Leon? Um, maybe if you sort of look at the table as it is, but um, Stenning have as their form. I've seen it. Oh yeah, they've lost the last two, drawn drawn a game before that. So I hope okay. maybe Common are playing Stenning at a yeah, keep that at, dip uh, in the best form time. going. Yeah, exactly. Right, and then we uh, look at the Saturdays. Uh, Bexhill, Pang, Crawley, down Gatwick. Uh, this obviously second off top Crawley. Uh, I mean, you never know. A win here could could, as I said a bit a little bit earlier there, could Bexhill make a bit of a run? I mean, get a get result here. Is it too much to ask? Do you think, Leon? Who knows? You'd hope so. We all we all know Bexhill got the quality in that squad to compete. You know, even beat the best of teams at this level. Whether they'll do it in this game, who knows? But like we say, maybe there might be a little ter- turn in the turning fortunes, turning their form. And then uh, the last fixture, which is on the other Saturday, which is the uh, Lingfield versus Little Common, sort of lower mid table uh, Lingfield. Um, not much to add there, really. You know, could, should be a comfortable fixture for Little Common. What do you think, Leon? Yeah, I'd say so. Lingfield again, their form is uh, similar to to Stenning. Last three games, I've lost two, drawn one. Now we know little common of they've they've picked up some good results against the better teams in this mm. in this league. So I'd, I'd like to say say little little common. It's a little common win there. Okay, that's good. Confidence, confidence stuff here from Leon. Uh, so then we, let's move on to the MSFL. So week fifteen, uh, probably start off with champions elect, should we say? Uh, Cookfield Rangers were playing Hollington. Hollington comfortable winners, three 0 Daniel Tewksbury with two and Joel Kalambai with the other. With this victory, though, it does open up that second place a little bit. There's, there's quite a, a few teams in and around that. I mean, uh, in terms of Hollington, just another victory, isn't it, Leon? You said it. You <laughs> <laughs> just another victory. I mean, I think that's... Is that 13-0? I don't know. Uh, tw- 12 in the league. 12 in the league. 12. Yeah. yeah. So, well, first, I guess 13 in title if you count the... The Sussex Intermediate Cup. It's a, a tremendous season. Anyway, so uh, then we move on to a team that both of us, but mainly me, uh, completely just, we didn't realise this was going to happen. Uh, Holland Sports, nil, Battle Town, five. Uh, Cal Thompson getting all five goals. Battle up to third now. Four points off Lingfield in second. I mean, what a turnaround in the season, Leon. Yeah, no, he's... It's quite um, it's it's good to see. Like, I see on Saturday all their goals come in the first half, so it led to a, obviously probably a, ended up being a training game second half. I can imagine, but um, yeah, that's no, really good to see see battle where they are right now. They've done well to um, come this far. You know, for for a club that started out as a as a church team that that used to get together every year to play against another local church, to you know, to now having three teams. I think they might have one or two youth teams up there, possibly. But yeah, no, it's, it's really good to see the progress the club have made, and yeah. long, long may it continue for yeah, them. Absolutely, yeah. So then we move on to Selscombe Rangers uh, playing Lingfield. They lost two nil. Uh, Lingfield getting two goals. Dan Dan Jacks and Luke Paskins uh, for the win for second place Lingfield. Uh, it was always going to be a struggle against a, a, a good Lingfield side, wasn't it, Leon? Yeah, yeah. I think I said before, Sederscombe was quite hard to to predict. Really, one week they'd they'd beat you know put in a performance against a decent team. Next, they'd lose against a team you sort of half expect them to. But yeah, to go um to go play Linfield, I think was a bit 
obviously a bit beyond there. But Bridge too far. Beyond them, possibly, yeah, yeah. But, you know. It's, yeah, I'll go there then. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, then we move on to uh, the Parish Field. Uh, Westfield 4, Balcombe 0. Uh, Warren Pethick with a hat-trick. Ba- and Baxter Orchard got the other goal. Uh, Westfield up to four, five points sec- off second. So, yeah, Leon, what, what are we thinking of Westfield? Yeah, they're, they're look, looking good to go, you know, beat beat Balkham for no bit Balkham have been um I think they've been in this league for quite a quite a few seasons now. They're you know, they're one of the um ever present teams. So to go beat them convincingly, you know. They're there, they've got games in hand over the teams above them in the league. So you know, still well within that second place is still well within their reach. So looking at fixtures, talking of Balkham, uh Balkham are playing Sedelscum. Uh, that's the next game for for obviously Um That's at Balcom. I mean, it's a bit. That's going to be a toughie, I think. Could you think maybe uh, Sedlscombe might be able to squeeze a draw out there, or do you think that's beyond them? I think I'd have to go for for Balcom with this one, but who knows with Sedlscombe? They can pop up with the odd surprise. So certainly can. Who knows? And then a massive fixture, Leon. Battle Town versus Westfield. Third, third versus fourth. Uh, I mean, well, this seems like a forever ago, but uh, back in, I think, September, uh, Westfield had a comfortable 3-0 victory against them at the Parish. I think things have changed now, though. I I can't predict this one. What do you think, mate? No, I mean, just going by form, form alone, you'd have to go with with battle on this Mm. one. But I do think it would be a really, really tight tight game. It would be a well-fought fixture. I think it would be an entertaining one for anyone that happens to go along and watch it. I mean, obviously, you know, we know Westfield are... They're a good side. They've got good players in there, and battle. You know, proven that they that they deserve deserve to be in this league. So, um, yeah, they, I think they'll probably have a point to prove as well, won't they? Against you know Westfield team of a traditionally a county league side for battle have come up. So, yeah, I recommend for a good game. Yeah, definitely going to be some goals at that one. Actually, that's the kiss of death. It's bound to be a nil nil. Hey, jinxed them now, <laughs> as I usually do. Uh, Anyway, so then we've got uh, Hollington playing Holland Sports. Obviously, Holland Sports are a side that you thought were going to do well. A few people said that as well. It's not just yourself. Uh, and obviously, it hasn't happened this year for them. Um, but at Hollington, I, I don't even... Do I need to even ask you? It's, it's Hollington's game, that one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Moving on to the ESFL Prem. Uh, the game's been affected by cup matches. We're going to do the cup matches after we've gone through all the league games. So, first of all, we've got... Uh, well... Uh, Crowhurst 10, Sydney United 1. Crowhurst, uh, Reese Johnson getting four and the man of the match. Wes Tate, Harry, Harry Coates got two. Uh, Jan Bailey got one. Sean Leonard got one and Anton Neal. Uh, Andy Atkins getting the goal for Sidley. Again, another game where Sidley actually took the lead in this one. And also former Sidley boss Aaron Scrace plays for, uh, for Crowhurst as well. So that must have been, well, who knows? I don't want to say anything there a cracking wing for Crowhurst uh, then we had um, St Leonard Social 1 Hawkehurst United 1 I've got uh, St Leonard Social's goal from Sam Richardson Hawkehurst's goal is not up yet on the FA site so apologies you know we're recording on the Monday and that yeah and that is the ESFL Prem others were in cup games ESFL did 1 uh, Little Common Reserve 7 Wadhurst 4 uh, it's a massive win for uh, Little Common. It's only a point in it now between them and Wadhurst down down at the bottom. Um, Jay Abid's got two. Nicholas Kavanagh got a hat-trick. Attilio Field. Attilio, he's always getting goals, isn't he, Leon? And Kit harris McRae for Little Common. Uh, Wadhurst goals weren't up as, as, as of time of looking. 
Um, but yeah, obviously quite tight down there in that Div 1. Tackle away five, Battletown reserves two. Jordan Harley got a hat-trick. Toby Shaw and Nathan Smith for the goals to tackle away with Battletown's goals from Daniel Turner and Ryan Souter. Uh, undefeated tackle away, uh, beat bottom side, uh, battle. Uh, obviously quite comfortably, uh, no real surprises there. And that is... Division 1. We move on to Division 2. Ninfield 2, Settlescombe Rangers reserves nil. Uh, surprising in this game. Uh, uh, I know Chris Agatha getting a goal, so it was Joe Trigwell and Tom Sanders. I did ask Ninfield why he wasn't on the score sheet, and apparently he was rested. Um, yeah, and then we move on to Pesh Hill for Icklesham Casuals 1. Pesh's goals from Harvey Kate, Bobby Joe Bowles, Lewis Osborne and Oliver Hathaway with Icklesham's goal from Sam Garner. Obviously, we've got Icklesham regular here. Uh, please tell us what happened in the game, Leon. Uh, we were bad, they were good. Well done, Pesh. Let's yeah. move on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, come on, give me a bit more than that, man. Come on. What was what was it? They they just started we, we, on the front we, foot? Or... We, we were bad, they were good. <laughs> but, but yeah. Okay. Um, simple. Football's a simple game, isn't it? Kick yeah. ball in net. <laughs> they did it more than us. We didn't. Did you get any stick for being in the team of the week? Uh, who from? What? Well, I can <laughs> imagine team. your own team is going to yeah, give you yeah. loads of stick. Yeah, oh, yeah, but... it's, your, it's your fault. <laughs> wow. Oh, I've... I might have had a half decent game. Oh, really? Because you thought, well, yeah. well, that and obviously uh, Malcolm, Malcolm oh, being yeah. on you as well. Yeah. For yeah. those that don't listen to the fan roundtable, Malcolm, who's a big time scout and father of Craigstone, is always giving uh, Leon digs because. Leon's messed him around contractually. Um, he's been looking for clubs for him. and But to be fair to Leon, Leon stayed uh, loyal to Ipwisham and wasn't swayed. Anyway, moving on to Division 3. Catsfield 2, Westfield 3rd 2. Adam Barnum and Ethan Swan for Catsfield. And Alex Southall and Sam Way for Westfield. First points of the season. First point, I should say, of the season for bottom club Westfield 3rd. Let's hope that um, that's the kicking off point. Hurstman Zoo 3, Orrington 1. Uh, Orrington's goal from Scott Higgs. Hurstman Zoo's goals aren't up, unfortunately. Have tried. Even messaged them. Mountfield United 2, Parkfield 5. Uh, Parkfield's goals 3 from Ethan Gabriel. 2 from Marley Jason. Uh, this takes Parkfield 2nd. Uh, a comfortable win against a struggling Mountfield. The last fixture, which was Ticehurst versus Crowhurst Reserves, was postponed. So that is Division 3. Right then. Div 4, Burwash 1, Battletown 3rds nil. Rise Cooler with the goal for Burwash. Uh, so it's quite tight up there for the second spot in the league. Three points uh, between second and sixth. So it's all to play for in Div 4. Hawkehurst United reserves three. Parson Move 3rds four. A Kelvin Lowe's hat-trick uh, and Joe Walsh for Parson Move with Hawkehurst goal from Alfie Field, George Lawrence and Finn Mutter. Subscombe Rangers Development 1, Robertsbridge United Reserves 4, Tommy Moyce, Dan Goodsell, Jack Dean and Ben Tinge with the goals. Uh, I mean, uh, Robertsbridge were already 3-0 up within 25 minutes, so game was sort of dead in the first half. And the last game in Div 4, uh, Welcome Park Rangers Reserves 3, Tackaway Reserves 1, uh, Benjamin Ackhurst 2 and George Jones. Tackaway kept up with uh, Wellcroft for most of the game until they killed it off in the last few minutes when... Benjamin got his second goal uh, in the was it eighty seventh minute. So, but the Macron Cup's back and uh, Bexhill Double A C reserves one. Bexhill Town four. No goals up on site 
apologies. Who four hasting comets nil. Uh, Grant Wright with two. Tommy Warren and Connor Loke with the goals for who. Uh, Rockinor one. Rye Town two. The goals for Rye from Armadeus Breedis and in extra time as it was a two one. It was one one at full time. Uh, Jules Phillips with the winner for Rye. Rye Town reserves. One, Hollington United reserves four, Curtis Beale, Jack Buckley, Sonny Dalloway and Alan Foster won it for Hollington. Uh, the last fixture, which was pass and move seconds versus Roberts Bridge, was postponed due to the weather. So that's going to get rescheduled. Uh, now we move on to the Sussex Bluefin Junior Challenge Cup. Hurst Pierpoint reserves one, pass and move three, Curtis Coombs, Fraser Descali and an own goal. Uh, the goal for Hurst Pierpoint. Uh, by Luke Mingle. Uh, St Mary's free, Bexel Rovers free, and uh, Bexel Rovers won it uh, 4 2 on penalties. Goals aren't up on the FA site, so my apologies. Victoria Baptist travelling to Shipley, and well, it didn't go too well. They lost 6 0. Adam Campbellstone, Jerome Johnson, Shane Ridley, Eamon Risaru, Toby Smith, and an OG won it for Shipley. And the last game, West Hill fourths, nil, Dell United. FC 7, 2 from Tom Foxen, 2 from Connor Donaldson, Jack Cates, Blaze Gugeron and Sam Cooper winning it for them. So that's all the cup games. Any comps on any of those cup games? I mean, I feel sorry for Victoria Baptist going up far to get stuffed. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, no one likes that. Yeah. Uh, right, so let's look at the ESFL team of the week. We've got Kai Williams returning in goal for the team of the week from Rockinor. Uh, the back four of Pesh's Charlie Piper on the left. Uh, two centre arms got William, Willie Pugh Jones of Burwash and Danny Austin of Ninfield with the right back Hollington's Curtis Beale. Uh, on the left hand side of midfield, got Sean Leonard of Crowhurst, Jordan Harley of Tackaway, and Lewis Osborne of uh, Pesh. And on the right hand side, is Tommy Warren of Who. Um, up front, we've got Right Hands, Rob Levitt and Reese Johnson of Crowhurst. Anything on those uh, they, that team? Any of them you've seen yourself in the flesh or played against? There's a couple of Pesh in there. Do you think they deserved it this week? Yeah, I don't know if um, Louis Osborne was there, number 10. But yeah, he's a good good player. Yeah, I played against Reese Johnson. He's obviously a good player. Jordan Harley, I think a few of us know, was... Um, like Hastings for a bit when he's sort of dropped down levels, but he's a good player. Rob Levitt, he's been around for years. He's, yeah, a good player. More of the same names popping up. Mm. Well, as, as we realised last week, it only takes one vote to get you in. It was more than one vote, mate. It was so, more than one vote, don't it? Funny enough, Jordan Harley, uh, my my um, eldest boy used to play football with him. So I remember watching him play when he was probably about, oh God, about eight or seven or eight of Jordan. So obviously played for Hastings as well. So, yeah, well, that is that team of the week. Leon, as ever, a pleasure. And I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. In this sturdy old part of the city Where the sun refused to shine People tell me there ain't no use in trying You're so young and pretty And one thing I know is true You'll be dead before your time
Jones and his Tim's takes. Disappointing result for the Hastings United women's team who lost 1-0 in the Sussex County FA Women's Challenge Cup playing against Brighton's under-21 team. A very close game and chances for both sides. We had Lucy Apps back in goal and we had a change of position for Beth Crease who put in a very tenacious display at right back. Vix Phillips at left back, um, Rosie Muggeridge and Lauren Sharp as our two centre halves. Holly Carter played deep in midfield with Charlotte Gurr in a more attacking role and Claire Johnson our captain in midfield. We had Brooke Rogan playing on one win, Nicole Bate up on the other with Sean Heather trying to use her pace as usual down the middle. Hastings created some good chances in the first half, but just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Um, I suppose the best chance for Brighton came after about 40 minutes when they broke away quickly and just missed their shot at the end. Very even first half, if anything, Hastings shaded it. Uh, in the second half, it got, um, again, we, we played well for a lot of the half. 
But the longer the game went, went on, he felt fitness came into it a bit and Brighton got on top. There are a few disruptions through injuries with players that was lots of going down injured and we tend we lost our rhythm a bit. And Brighton scored a goal um, with about 20 minutes left. That's going to be the deciding goal. Um, we had to bring on Nia Staten and Tommy Mason. But it was a, it's a good performance from the ladies. He played well. Typical of the game was right in the very last minute when a chance fell for Sean Heather in the penalty area and she just couldn't get a good enough contact on it and the, their keeper made a save. must mention the performance of Rosie Muggeridge at the back who put in some great tackles in the first half. She's so dependable and reliable and played really well. Bethany Crease, yeah, yeah, she was very tenacious at right back. Holly Carter did lots of good tackles in midfield. And of course, having Charlotte Gurr, who's a class player in midfield, um, are always in, um, in the chance of creating a chance or scoring a goal. So a good performance by the Hastings women's team. Back in league action next week away to Maidstone, well, we'll we will be hoping to pick up another three points. to last night's fan forum meeting. turned up to DME talk. Um, this was the fan forum, oh, sorry to say, been obviously commandeered. Uh, what can we say about that? I, I, I'm not happy about that. But, you know, we're going to find some things out now from, from Peter Sherlock and Dan Burney. Um, just quickly, um, in terms of the support club, because this is obviously going to be about the move, the support club itself was very supportive of the time kill move. We did the marches, I mean, we put many hours. Anyone that's a support club member in here knows that we put a lot of time and energy into it. Uh, you know, I'm the Wally that uh, does the podcast. I know many, many hours. I speak with Billy, people pushing the move and things like that. So we were there in with it. We then met the council uh, because there was one version of events that happened that we, we heard. And we spoke with the council, the sports club did beginning of the season and we got a different version of events that happened. 
and I don't know, maybe we want to have words with Sports Club after, but uh, we decided we decided because of the time kiln we thought was a dead issue that we would just park it and not make any fuss. I think was that the kind of yeah, you'd agree with that. So so that's just from where we're from. But it's obviously fantastic that uh, Darren Burney and Peter Sherlock are here because we need to move forward with this. So please they're gonna uh, I've handed out some paper here as you can see bullet points that uh, the, the gentleman's going to go through and explain, and then at the end of that, the birds take questions, yeah? Yeah? So please, over to you, James. Um, thanks, Chris, and I'm a great advocate of, uh, of your podcast, listen to it regularly. <coughs> I really do thank you all for being here this evening. Um, it just shows the level of interest in this wonderful club that Darren and I have owned now for about eight years. Uh, and during that time, when we first took the ownership of the club, we are very aspirational people and very ambitious for the club. And uh, well done for last year and being promoted and, and where we go from here, which is the pictures on the wall behind you there. Um, we see this meeting lasting about an hour, an hour and a half, and we want it to be very much interactive. Um, but whatever passions you bring, and we, Darren and I, have a lot of passion for the club and a lot of passion for new facilities within the borough, and we've been working tirelessly uh, for eight years, uh, day and night, uh, to make Town Kiln uh, a real prospect for delivery. Um, it is fair to say that there will be people in this room that are a lot more knowledgeable about the local area, but from what I hear, and people can talk through this, 30 or 40 years there's been no investment in sports facilities in the town. There's probably one 3G pitch that can be said to be a full size. And so we felt that the Tile Kiln project answered a lot of that uh, lack of uh, investment. Um, I'm really ungrateful, Chris, that, that we, and apologies that we have hijacked uh, this meeting. I really do apologize for that. But I met the leader of the council for coffee. Um, it was on the 8th of September, delicately printed on my mind. And the purpose of the meeting was really to see whether we could extend the olive branch and just see whether there was any possibility of how we could deliver towel kiln. And I've always said, and I've presented for the last eight years to the Labour group, the Conservative group, I haven't said uh, Julia Hilton, wherever you are, I haven't presented to the, the Greens, uh, but I think you and I met uh, around about a similar time where I was explaining the, the history, the background, and what we were trying to achieve as a club. Um, and at the meeting with the leader, uh, and subsequently he sent me an email, there is absolutely no compromise whatsoever uh, from the council in terms of Tal Kill. They do not support it, uh, and they did a U-turn. We were uh, very much encouraged uh, to put a planning application in. They chose Tal Kill site, and now we're left with no scheme whatsoever. Um, so I think... What I'd like you to do, and I know you've all got different opinions tonight, we can debate those at the end, but I'd like Darren just to make a statement uh, on our behalf. Um, and if you could just open your ears to that, really, and just be receptive uh, and understand, because there may be things that, that you as fans aren't aware of the full picture. And again, Chris, thanks for, for allowing us to come in and talk to you tonight. Um, I think there's a lot of talk around the club, and this is a really good opportunity Warts and all, let's get it all out there. And any concerns you have, we're here to answer those questions. Um, 
that you know success comes with hard work, and there's a lot of volunteers in this club, and maybe this is a great opportunity for us to thank you all for that. Um, but I do welcome Andy Batsman from the council. I welcome Julia and Tony. Uh, this has become a political football, which is what we didn't want it to become. This is a very simple, you need to create value. Where do you get money from? The council have got no money. Where do you get money to build a new stadium and two, three G pitches for all the youth, the women, and all the rest of it? It comes from residential development. And it was a simple equation of you sell this site for residential and invest that money in tile kilns, and we can do what we want to do, which is create a sustainable club that can last the test of time. I mean, you only have to look at what's happening with rugby at the moment. Uh, two failed uh, teams. That's rugby, but it's the same is true uh, of football. But anyway, um, that was just a brief introduction, uh, and over to Darren. Thank you. Thanks, Peter. Um, so good evening, everybody, and I again apologise for hijacking your your meeting, but we've reached a point where um, we can no longer continue um, to underwrite the cost, the maintenance issues. Field. Um, and I thought I'd take the opportunity to explain to people some of the issues in the background with the existing sites. Every year we have to do a ground safety report that's carried out by a lot of shepherds. And every year we manage to, to get through it. Uh, we don't compromise in health and safety because as directors of the football club, if there was ever an issue, uh, injury, loss of life, the directors of the football club become personally responsible and liable and it's a criminal offence. So there's no compromise. But the whole journey here is that we have a decrepit ground, there's been no investment for many years, and the whole reason of going to Tile Kirtan was that you know, we couldn't continue to expend and there was no there's no financial model there. And we've reached the point where and again we've kept telling the council can't stay here, we can't continue, we need a new stadium, new facilities. And they accepted that fact. I mean, it's obvious, you know, we know what we have here at the pilot field. What um, do we have? Could you just be a bit more specific uh, so about what John, we John, have? John, let me... Oh, I thought we were, you said no, it was no, an no. interactive thing. That's at the end. At the end of the statement. Yeah, but we might forget about that point. It's a specific well, point, well, that is. What well, is so decrepit about the <coughs> Well, if you let me continue, I might okay. be able to be specific. Then. Be specific. Uh, John. Stop, John, yeah. All right, no, all right, we're listening. Yeah, yeah, speed then. Right, the current Shepherd's report sets out that over the next 12 months we have to expend £120,000 to get through the, uh, the maintenance and basically keep the ground to a safe standard. So, this is something that's been building up for years. Um, as I said, we've, we've got to a point where we, we get through it. But when you reach a point where you know, that's a substantial amount of money, and that's the basic health and safety, as each year passes, the ground falls and becomes more difficult. The reality is that this ground needs huge investment. That's underpinning the whole reason why we have to go to a new stadium. Now, there's many of you who don't want to move from the pilot field, and we absolutely appreciate that. And we, you know, we're quite happy if there was a way to actually stay at the pilot field. But and people say we can just simply refurbish the ground. 
well, how do we do that? Where is the money coming from? You know, the council are aware because our predecessors, under their ownership, they explored that avenue. But realistically, you have to expend between three and five thousand pounds to actually refurbish and rebuild the stadium. It's a lot of money. Sorry, me. Sorry. Yeah. Can you all turn your bloody phones off? It's about the fourth one that's gone off. Come on. Oh, so, and again, there's, there's an even bigger issue at play here, because if the main stand fails its safety test, then we are faced in a situation where we would effectively have to close the ground. And the reason we would have to close the ground is because under the current Football Association history rule, you have to have a set minimum of seats. We're fine on the capacity. But if we had to close that main stand, we do not have any other seats in the ground. We have to have a minimum of 250 seats. Now, we, we saw this coming, and because we're quite prudent in the way this club's run, we even got to a situation where we nearly put an order in last year with Stadium Solutions to actually provide two stands um, for another 500 seats along the opposite side of the ground. And the reason we did that was two reasons. It was to obviously safeguard the rise in steel prices, but the main reason is if we failed the safety test. Again, very few of you here will be aware that we have to do a wind test at every single game to make sure that we comply with safety. If this ground fails its wind test, we have to shut the stand. So, and this goes back to one of the reasons, the main reason, why we can't continue. Then we have the general maintenance reasons. Is anybody aware that if one of our bulbs goes on the floodlights, it costs £400 to replace that? Um, is anybody aware that... That's yes, different got, anyway, you went then? Is it different bulbs in the new stadium? John, let him finish. Please, please, please. Come on, mate. It is a third point. No, well, 100%, but let, let Darren finish, guys. Come on. All right, we want... We expended over £9,000 last month on a grass pitch. You know, I don't think any of you realise the running costs of this club. Yes, attendances go up, but Peter and I have always had to underwrite at considerable cost the running costs of this club. It's not sustainable anymore. And trying to balance that with a successful club. Um, and again, we, we're not the type of people to just sit and, you know, mid-table's fine, we'll be satisfied, but we're not. We came in here, our determination and drive was to get promotion. We did that last season by a country mile. We intend to do it again this season. We're not a million miles from achieving a team capable of doing that. Very few of you know me and the sort of person I am. We have a manager, we have a, you know, a team behind the scenes. They know the desire and the intent. And for the right players, we will keep investing. We're now available. <laughs> well, now, it's interesting because we did try it. Yeah, we see. I mean, the club. You know, we we are, as I said, we've got the determination. We're not. Yes, it's frustrating with the council, um, but our desires never change. We want to make Hastings United. 
a conference team within the next five years. And it is achievable because of look at the support that it's generating. And it is support that comes to an old stadium like this. Can you imagine the support that we will get if we move to a new stadium with new facilities where we can sell proper corporate packages? And then there'll be people now thinking, yes, but it's only 1,950 people in a new stadium. But that was just phase one. The intention was always to then keep adding on as we grow and what the requirements are. But, um, and people are losing sight of this. The stadium has been designed with exactly that in mind. But you have to cut your clock accordingly. What's the point of having an initial 4,000 stadium if it's hard enough to put a stadium and the financing together for 1,950? So hopefully you've taken on board some of the comments, some of the, the problems, and then we move on to Eastbourne. Now, what are the repercussions? Uh, one of the other things that we must not forget is our academy. We're really proud of the players that are coming through now after many years that we've been putting the academy in play. The, the tie-up with, uh, with the college uh, here in, uh, in Hastings is really critical to that. And we have three classrooms at Falk Hill. Can you imagine, you know, look at the facilities here in comparison to brand new three classrooms in there. And the whole thing worked. We were asked by the council uh, twice, actually, to go through an audit of the business case. Uh, and it really does work. Uh, two 3G pitches, which actually we have community uses. I think there's a misconception by certain councillors about the fact that it wasn't open for community use. We have free use of the local community for that. All the, there was 51 teams that subscribed for that uh, Belgium project. 51. We consulted with all of them. All of the teams that played at Belgium were incorporated. We had a ground share agreement, Hollington were discussed. Uh, plenty of opportunities for that. So the academy, you know, if you look at what we've got here, there's no way that we can keep growing that academy. And people, young people, be really interested to come to Hastings United because at Tal Kiln they can see the integration of the education function that sit well with sport. Sorry, Dan. Oh, Let me get to this um, this position with Eastbourne. Well, the reality is that um, if we fail the main stand, if we cut, well, first of all, where is the 120 grand coming from? Because there's a lot of you who think that Peter and I just keep writing out checks. Well, unfortunately, it doesn't work like that because the business has to be sustainable. Um, but why, if logically, would someone put that amount of money in with something of no return? It's just wasting money and just, you know, it's just the start of what will be a large annual bill as the stadium gets older and older. Um, if we fell the ground grading, where would we go? What would we do? So, whilst coming into this room, most of you probably thought we'll never move to Eastbourne. We don't want to move to Eastbourne. We want to stay in Hastings. We want new facilities. But if we fail our ground grading, we can't play football. Now, again, at the end of this meeting, if anybody wants to comment and has any suggestions of what other grounds we could physically move to as a worst-case scenario, then we'll take that on board. So at the moment, the Eastbourne agreement, it's been in place for four months. I hope that we never have to actually... Four months. Four months. We will have to you know, consider that at the time. To be fair to Eastbourne, they have been really good to us. We've explained the problems and the they're issues. They're Eastbourne, they're not Hastings. 
sorry. They're Eastbourne. They're not. We're not. They're not Hastings. We're Hastings. We're not Eastbourne. Yes. But Eastbourne, they've been very good, they've been very flexible, and they said if you get to that situation, if you get to that situation, then you can locate and play games there. I personally don't want to move to Eastbourne, as you all, but I'd rather play somewhere and not have a club that can't fulfill its fixtures and go out of the league. So I think I'm actually being quite prudent, but I'm open here to suggestions of in that situation where a club can go to. So hopefully that actually explains the situation. And if we lose the ground grading, we don't just drop down one level, back to the division we've just been promoted, we then drop down a further division. So it's, it's quite a serious scenario. Um, then we've got, I mean, Peter's touched on the academy side. We run, a huge amount of teams under our community project. We we have a very successful women's team now. Um, that all comes with a cost, and Peter and I have been underwriting significant sums. Why do we do it? Because we're passionate and we're driven. But uh, we're not. It can't. It's not sustainable. We cannot continue to do that because eventually the money will run out. What we've actually got with Tile Hill is a brand new facility. It's fully fundable. Um, it provides the 3G pitches for the town. So move aside from just Hastings United. Look at your town here. You've had no investment for years. And you know, what we're doing are good things. The, the council are going to find themselves in a very embarrassing position because they keep coming up with excuses. The first one was protection of green spaces, yet they changed <coughs> Lane. Um, yeah, we, we know it's bollocks. So now we've got a scenario where in the last week, um, what's been fed back, nothing to do with green spaces, it was because we failed to provide a bond. Well, we sent emails um, to show how we were going to provide the bonds, etc. Um, today was a good one where it was mooted um, that one of the reasons here was that the council felt that it would only be for the Hastings United family and not for the wider community. Um, which is a quite a surprise because we spent several weeks finalising the community usage agreement, which listed the support of every team that's currently play at Tile Kiln. It also lists Hollington and, and several other users. We were giving free coaching. It was a wide and far-reaching community. Um, so the bit about green spaces is a red herring. I mean, unknown to us, whilst we were waiting the two years for our planning application, and of course that didn't help because it's only crystallised where we now are on the on the ground and the expenditure. Um, you know, that run on for so long. Um, I forgot what I was going to say there. Um, but you know, yeah, we, we've, reached, we've reached the point now where you know we've got to look at the wider position here. If Hastings want to continue and play sports in the town, and bearing in mind you've lost your cricket, you've lost your hockey, you know. We don't want to move, but this is going to come to a head very soon. So we want you really to step up here and work with us to force the council to what is a very logical move that doesn't cost the council a penny. You know, we should be more concerned about the football foundation grant that the council acquired and where that money spent. Because last week, all the all the girls, all the ladies, all the games were called up at Tile Hill. Where's all that money gone? So, anyway, um, 
Um, I mean, the position is that we have we have planning permission, sorry, outline planning permission. Um, it's subject to a section 106 agreement, which has to be finalised. Um, we've been chasing the council to progress and sign that for today, the head of planning to actually ask us why we haven't signed the agreement, forgetting that they've sent an email two weeks ago saying that the council waiting for, the lawyer, council lawyers waiting for instruction. You know, the council are they're bouncing all over the place here, and at the end of the day, all we want to do is provide an incredible facility for the town and the wider area and the community, and uh, we really can progress the league. Peter and I don't have any hidden agendas. We, we've heard a bit about rich, we've heard a bit about rich property developers. All they want to do is get their hands to the pilot field. This is a protected site. It's owned by the council. We can't force the council to sell it. Equally, if there's no relocation, you know, we can't build houses on it. There's no hidden agendas. And all of you here, you know, attacking Peter and I, you, you don't really know us. Um, a lot of people say, why are you still doing this? Haven't you got to a point where you know, the council just worn you down? But they have worn us down, to be honest. But we're determined now to get Hastings to that level of the day we walked in here. And if a council, you know, if there was, if they have proper jurisdiction to make the announcements they did, and it was lawful, um, and come up with a sensible argument, maybe, maybe we'd see things differently, but I think most of us know the issues with your council, and yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, there's no reason to, to stifle this, this actual development. And it's a development that can be brought forward and probably delivered in 15, 20 months. So, are you Chris, we've got in our Why can't we ask? Well, we have outline planning, so there's nothing to appeal. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't appreciate it. I put out questions. Um, hang on. Or are you done? Um, yeah, no, I'll just tell you. All right, I'll up. Hi, guys. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate what you've done over the last few years, I have to say. I've been coming up here for years, and there was a buzz around the ground I've never seen before. So, you know, there's loads of positives that come from these who come in here. We all know the ground has a potential issue, and it's just a time bomb. And also, the only people that control it are yourselves. So, forgetting all the history, forgetting the council, where do you foresee we'll be playing? Maybe we've got an agreement with Eastbourne, but let's say start of next season, where do you think we'll be playing? Where do I think we'll be playing? Well, I hope we'll still be playing here. What would stop, what would stop, what would stop yeah. us from playing? Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the ground rate. I mean, where's the 120,000 pounds coming from? So, that, so it's 120,000 stop us from... We, we, would, we would pay our ground rate. Yeah, we wouldn't last the health and safety. So if we, if we haven't got that 120, which I appreciate, I don't think that 120,000 grand. So we wouldn't ask someone else. But if we haven't got 120 grand, and therefore we haven't got ground yeah. where would we be playing next season? We would have to seriously consider going to Eastbourne unless another solution is found. Yeah, absolutely. There is now probably an expert. Well, let me just go on from it. Now, if the council were realistic and did the U-turn, then we would probably instigate the plan that we originally had, whereby we would pre-order and put two stands there. Um, and actually move people and have the adequate number of seats to actually, you know, not to put ourselves at risk. 
But what do I do with those staff? And what do we do if we then stuck with it with nowhere else to move to? It's um, yeah, it's a difficult one. That nobody wants to move to Eastbourne, and I'll keep repeating that. But until someone tells me what the solution is, um, and it's no good all of you saying, "Well, why didn't you put the money in?" It doesn't work like that. It has to be a sustainable business. The whole reason, you know, why did we need to move to Tarkill? It was because this ground is stimulated. It costs too much money to stay there. That's the reality. Can you just give us a little bit about the home? Oh, right. yeah. oh, I might be a bit naive here, but we talk about different sites, and you say we've lost the cricket. <coughs> we lost the cricket from the town centre, which is sad, but it went to Hornfire, which has always been playing fields, always been sports. I played up there for all the juniors. Now, what's wrong with Hornfire? Is it has it been decided? What, what, what is wrong with Hornfire? It's a perfect place. Well, two questions. Is it not big enough? Two questions. How long would it take to run through another planning application? And who's well, you just said give us an alternative. Well, just give me one. Well, I'm going to tell you the reasons. We've already looked at that. <coughs> who's going to fund the new application? But these planning applications take a considerable amount of money. I don't think Peter and I, we're at a point where we wouldn't trust that it would be a smooth passage. Um, I think we've got to the point where it's toll kill or nothing because there are no other suitable places to move to. The council might want us to turn around and say we'll fund everything, we'll underwrite the plans, then, then it's another conversation. But the council haven't got any money to do First of all, I, think, I don't think it's a big secret that there is an aim here to build houses on this site and it is a huge motivation. I don't, I don't think that's a secret and I don't think it needs to be talked about like it's, it's not happening. There are people who want to build houses on this site. It's a very valuable site, and there are very valuable houses around it. I don't think we need to treat the people of Hastings like they don't understand that they need to, the people want to build houses on this site. Second of all, running a football club isn't free. And do you think that if you are at a point, you understand me, that you don't feel like you can maintain the ground or support the club financially, is it a time for you to sell the club to someone that is willing to do that? Yeah. 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 Where else is six million pounds coming from? And that ties in with why the pilot can't be redeveloped. You have to create value from somewhere, and that is the current location. And I think, sorry, I think George, I did say that in my introduction that you need to create value to reinvest that fund, otherwise there is no creation of value for the new investment. But please be honest and say that's why you're here. No. Please tell us what attracted you to our football club. Yeah. Mr. Darren, just be honest with me. You live in Mornington Road. I moved from Mornington Road. It's 80 miles to this ground. Buckers Hill, which you can walk to, football club, is looking out for people like you. But no, you've come here. The reason you came here, if it's as bad, the ground's as bad as you say it is, and presumed it is, why on earth did you get involved here? Because really it's, it's not viable to have a good football club here. You came here to develop 
and you're not really interested in the football club. This agenda is really about you trying to show us what we haven't done or what the council hasn't done. You came here to build on that ground and as it isn't going to be built on, you're I think going to close it. Some of these points rather than kitchen yeah. fire off, but if you want answers, I'll tell you answers. Um, why did we come here? Personally, I had and still had some business interests in the town that my family had for two generations. Um, for me, it's a legacy play to actually build a new stadium and to the betterment of the football club. Um, there's no other logical reason, um, and I sometimes question why we're doing that. I asked Peter to come in because he's got experience of dealing with regeneration positions for councils, and that's something he's been doing for many years. Um, let me ask you, well, right, this is a valuable site, you say. Well, yes, it's valuable in terms of it can produce housing. Our current, um, our current scheme is 100% affordable housing, which the council say they desperately need, so it's 100% affordable. But, are you implying that the receipt from all of this, or from the pilot field, would pay for everything for the new stadium? Do you think that we'll get enough income from here to build the new stadium? No? Well, the shortfall's about a million pounds. And that shortfall, potentially, will be paid by Peterley because of our legacy position. And that is the truth. Um, we've told the that. So you telling me why we're here, really, I take, I take exception to. Um, people that know me know what I'm about. I came here. I brought Peter in at the time. We've we've invested so much money. There's no return on that money. But equally, I'm not walking away because a councillor comes up with some bullshit about protecting green spaces. We're here to build a new stadium to continue on the journey. Now, if you have somebody that wants to buy the club, and if they want to make an approach to us, and I would suggest the club is not for sale, in near eight years that we've been here, we have never discussed with any party about selling a stake or selling the club. That is not something we would consider. But equally, if you've got somebody that can financially take the club forward better than we can, tell them to give us a call. So, Please know the facts before. Yeah. yeah Down yeah. there, he doesn't live in Whiteton Road. I live in Whiteton Road. <laughs> <laughs> My house is much Let's get that right. Did you know him? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the other people that see the value of it, like George and others that talk about residential, and I said at the beginning, if you remember, we need the residential value. Is councillors uh, here, and also the council itself has allocated this site as a site allocation in its local plan, in its draft local plan. So it's not just us that see the value of this site, the council themselves have allocated it in town planning terms. So let's say we have worst case scenario, we go to Eastbourne Borough. How, you know, especially with the cost of living crisis, who's travelling half an hour there and back, watching a nice minute game of football, and then, you know, the, the attendance will drop, and you know, so the you know the, the little the players earn already. Where's, where's that the money going to pay for that? Well, you know? 
funding buses to take you there to the ground. That's not an ideal situation and we don't want to have that. So perhaps the focus now is how to persuade the council to reverse their decision. And look at the bigger picture. The fact is that there are no creepy pictures in the whole police form. You know, we have to Batesville and borrow pictures out of Hastings. We have to Batesville and borrow and go outside of Hastings to find pictures that we have to hire for our academy and all the other teams that we operate. Maybe that's more of an issue here. It is quite offensive, to be honest, to be told that I'm not a supporter of Hastings United. When I'm standing behind a golden chip and then when we won 1 0 in the FA Cup, See how excited I was then. Travelled all the way there. Devin can vouch for that. He's always beyond the goal. So it is a little bit offensive to be told I'm not going to be the Anyway, we're here every week, by the way. I realise that. That was just before the council meeting. John, John. This is our club. This is our home. It's our club, collectively. It's our community where we're trying to, to improve and better. We have uh, granted a planning consent for something that would be fantastic for the town. And there was a few of you that are planning committee. It was a unanimous decision. Let's not forget that across all the parties, it was unanimous that Talcum should receive because they could see the benefits of it. Guys, 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 look, sorry, sorry to interrupt him. Can everyone please be quiet? 
questions are being asked and they're being answered. Let's not raise the point, let's let this get heard, okay? You wanna hear it, let's hear it. We've had some horrible times going back before your time. So over the last eight years, I've really enjoyed my time coming to Hastings United. And I've seen the club develop in lots of different ways with our youth section, which I think is absolutely brilliant, and our women's side. So there's so much good coming out of Hastings United. And this has been when you two have been associated with clubs. Far as I can see, we're stuck at the moment because of the second point for on here, which is until we get the council working with our club, and to be fair, Peter and Dad, you two working with the council as well, we are really stuck. So I really hope the council can see all the good our club are doing for young people in this town. Yeah, when we go to away matches, we go to a stadium like Villa Ricky's, fantastic. And we go to other places. Um, our young people need much better facilities than we've got at the moment. They really deserve it. Yeah, Hastings is a deprived town. We've got all sorts of problems. Now, I may be in a minority but I can see this as an opportunity to provide better sports facilities for our young people in this town. Um, and I think it's what they deserve, to be honest. And I hope they get it. You know, um, one way or the other, whether it's the council, and you, you know, there, there may be a way for the council to work with Darren and Peter over the pilot field. We don't know. But you, somehow the two sides have got to get together. Otherwise, this is not going to be resolved. And I really hope if, uh, is it Mr. Batsford is here? You know, he, he can pass this on. The young people in this town need a future and it will come through sport and they really do need that. I just wish the leader of the council, Mr. Barnett, was leader of the council back in the 1990s. All this idea about we're not going to touch green spaces. <laughs> the council just yeah. grabbed hold of that cricket ground and completely ruined it. Yeah, with that bloody useless shopping centre on our, one of the best cricket grounds in the country. But anyway, that's all walked under the bridge. But I, I just really hope you can get together. Thank you for that. seven years and we've been at this eight years so you can see where I'm going yeah. with it. We had a very, very collaborative working relationship with the council, with all the senior officers, the regen experts. They themselves, the council, selected Talk Hill and said, you, this is where we want you to go. You know, we've invested in a lot of, forget the money, it's the time and effort that we put into this. You know, and thank you for, for recognising that this club is now you know, and it's not just us, there's lots of people in this room that volunteer, so you know, it's not just about, about us. Um, but in terms of collaboration, we are open to it. That's why I've had coffee with, uh, with the leader of the council. What the council will say is, ah, but we've offered you a levelling up bid opportunity yeah. to stay here. Read the guidelines of levelling up regeneration. It doesn't apply to sports. It's about proper regeneration. What I mean by that is not just about sports. 
But, but what they don't see is the fact that it doesn't solve the one single glass pitch issue. We've got 29 teams, we've got a ladies team that plays every Sunday. And thank goodness we've got a fantastic groundsman because that would be a quagmire, <laughs> as Tal Kiln is today. You need the value of the residential to invest in new facilities. And I just don't understand why they're putting a block on it. And just, just one point on that. When we go to our way games, you know, we walk into some new stadium you know, where we've got three few pictures next up. How do you think we all feel? We've invested all this time and effort. And we've got a council that really, you know, whatever it is. We've got councils bending over backwards because they appreciate the value and the community side of what a football club brings. Football clubs put towns on the map. And we're going to grounds and, you know, where they have had the investment. But the common thing there is they've had the council alongside them and giving support and the background. Yeah. And what a shame. What a shame. You know, we know the journey we're going on. We've had to last club, apart from COVID, last season. It was fantastic. Don't you want more of that? We do. We want that every season. We want success. You know, we're driven by it. But you cannot take the club to the next stage without the investment and the foresight of what we want to do here. You know, we've had four, is it four players now over the last few years gone on to leave football. You know, some say we're punching up other way. Five. We've got C, there's a five. We've got this amazing academy and considering you know, the shit that we have to go through to find mm. pictures and stuff, can you imagine if the facilities and the track and everything was great, what could be achieved? I mean, come on guys, get have a bit of aspiration here, because we, we're not two people that can do it. You know, if you touch on it, we need to cancel now. You know, and forget about it might be social available for you to We need them to actually come back on board here so we can actually move things forward. Right. Okay. Thanks, mate. Yeah, sorry for shaking my head. I couldn't see you actually yourself. That's all right. Uh, yeah, so I get your point, Darren, about, you know, People saying, why don't you just sell a cup? I get that totally. I don't know who want to put money into a non cup because it's a money thing. And we all know that, you know, and the Football Sports Association has said that, and everybody said it. So we know that. So, yeah. So, if that's the case, would it be worth it? So many non league clubs have gone down this road and now fan run. Don't you think that's a realistic way forward? No, I, I mean, are you as fans willing to underwrite every year the expense, the considerably expensive? But is that your real, is that your aspirations here? So a, a club, but maybe it is, maybe we're missing. It's a side issue, I accept that they're looking at the, 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 the wide issue about whether we move so, or not. So you think it might be better to have a, a club run, um, a club run, club, sorry, club owned and, and give up, I mean, because the reality is when you look at it, the, the no, if, if you want to succeed, you have to have a board of directors that basically make the tough decisions but get a club you know, and fulfil its aspirations. So please tell me a club that's well, been what you said to us is that you're really struggling to get any input from from, from the council. Now, I didn't come here really to see this turn into a bump like this being given to council. Agreed. You know, agree. I'd much rather see us work something out and we're going to hear from the council. But, I'm guessing that one of the reasons why the council, any council, would be, uh, would be uh, reluctant to, to invest in a club like this is because it's fully owned. 
I'm not wanted, that's fine. But I'm, I'm sorry to say, Dan, that I'm, I'm not going to settle with Broadway because I've got too much personal investment in this. I look, for the preparation of this meeting tonight, I look back through the emails. We started this year eight years ago. You can't believe how much work we have collectively done. I've stood in meetings in the council offices until 10, 11 o'clock at night presenting to the Labour group several times over the last eight years. Think back what you were doing eight years ago. I was standing up, in a, you know, talking about this. So when you say it's just for money, it's not anymore. I'm very passionate about this. <laughs> but you might laugh. If the club's not viable, why don't you want to say it? It absolutely is viable, provided... How is it going to be viable at least for? Tile, tile Kiln is where we need to get to. I mean, maybe, maybe this is an opportunity for us to hear the other side of why. Yeah, sorry, um, I'm quite... Forgive me if I'm talking a lot, I'm very passionate about this. But, but Dan made mention earlier about my skill sets. I'm a chartered surveyor, and I've worked with local authorities. Bizarrely, that's the irony. I work as an internal resource, putting together schemes like this. That's what I did at Woolwich. So does anybody know Woolwich in Greenwich? I worked there for 12 years, regenerated the whole of that town. It, it was a town that the old Labour group would say, Peter, you're selling off the family jewels. All right, well, if you want to just leave it as it is, and that applies to Hastings as well, nothing changes. But, you know, this, this town is deprived. You know, health, mental health, you know, there's a real link between sports and activity and mental health and health and well-being. If you look at the figures around what we spend in hospitals and all the rest of it, why do you think this 29 teams is a really good thing for this town? Because it gives someone aspiration in life. And that's what I did in Woolwich, that's what I did in Brent, that's what I did uh, in Wembley as well, where, we, where we, we, we actually created value of local authority assets. And, you know, maybe certain councillors will say, well, you know, we're not selling the freehold of this. Oh, fine, well, we can't do the housing then. You're basing everything on the council changing their mind. Correct. Yeah. Right. So, is that going to happen? <laughs> is that going to happen? No. into it, apart from what all the volunteers do out of their own time here. And you mentioned about the ground grading. Okay, I challenge you to give the fans a copy of the ground grading, because when a team goes up, it's promoted, the FA inspect the ground and give it a grading to see if it fulfills criteria. 
the, you, what has been put to the fans from yourselves is that what's come out of that is it's not feasible to carry on putting money into this ground. Right, so show us it. Show us it, all right? Okay, because I don't believe you. I might be wrong, but this is what is being said to put pressure on the council to, to say, and, and as well, maybe um, from the point of view of the council, as owners of this ground, I believe you can apply to have a copy of it. Wait, can I, sorry, can I ask, do you mind and, and can, no, can I just finish? Can I just finish what I'm saying? Because I, I'm, there's a lot of fans associated with this club that have passion, that have come along to this ground. It's, it's taken us through hard times, we've stood together, and what I'm saying is that you're writing off this ground because if you didn't, you wouldn't be able to build your houses on the ground. And, and you say about, even if they're spending of 120,000, how much money did you waste on all the planning application when you didn't even have agreement from the council that it could go ahead? 200,000, you told us. 200,000 could be spent on the ground. They didn't even have permission. John, John, just answer one thing, right? The feeling around, I get, I get why you all feel the way you feel completely. But the one thing about ground grade, it's just something simple. So we actually just had our ground grading. Now we can play at this level, but the fact of the matter is, if that doesn't get repaired, so it doesn't, because we can't feasibly put the money in as it stands right now, if we haven't got that stand, we would foul ground grading. That's the situation, correct? So you're saying yeah, you need 250 seats, yeah? Correct. See, Gary. Yeah. Can when they pay 250 seats, I mean, Steve. Look. Phil, Phil, Smith, Phil. Can I just can I just finish my point? Right, okay. Can I just we've got the FA ground graded. Yeah. And we've got the East Sussex County Council ground inspection. Yeah. There are two different issues, and the one I believe you're talking about is the ground the council's inspection of that of that. Um, the council council. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah, that's where the that's where the difference comes from. We can play here yeah. at A level. Yeah. But if that stand fails, because I don't I'm, I'm not supporting you guys because I I, I don't want to move out of this place. I, and I would like to see as Kevin does, a playing arms club, generating money and, and, and rebuilding here. That that's my hope. That's what we were promised from a previous owner and it's never happened and we were never even given an option to get together and, 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 and maybe find a place for you guys coming. We didn't even know, you, your names weren't even mentioned. It was, it was a couple of local pops, local guys told us they bought it. So there was lots going on. That, 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 when Dave Walker was here, we used to have regular meetings with Dave, right? Fan forums. And since you've been here, this is the first one we've had. I bet a lot of people don't even know what you look like. First thing I've seen. Can I just John, sorry, John. Sorry, John, sorry. My apologies. John, I just wanted to talk about that ground right now. Alright, okay. All I'm saying is that what I've heard, you proved me wrong, show us the ground grading certificate. Because 
what I've heard is that nothing substantial comes up on it. It's general housekeeping with the word maintenance. So have you been hoodwinking us? Have you been hoodwinking the council with making out that it's, it's more or less telling you this ground's not affordable to carry on in, it's falling down, all that rubbish we've heard. So show us the ground draining thing. Are you going to do that? If you want to speak in like open, honest forum, then you show us the ground game. If you've got nothing to hide, you show it. But show it to us. We're being quite righteous here. I'm correcting another point about the cost of the planning application. Who do you think funded the planning application? I, I'm, well, <laughs> somehow you decided to spend 200000 without any assurance. You know, if, if, if that money could have been put towards the club, right? Do you think that Peter and I are naive to risk Do you think we're naive? Do you think Peter and I are naive enough to proceed and spend a quarter of a million pounds of our money, not the clubs, because we have funded this personally. Okay? The club is not indebted, otherwise it would have actually taken and wiped out the club and it wouldn't have been a going concern. Peter and I, in good faith, funded this. Why without their council? With, with two cabinet reports that in principle agreed to target on lease. No doubt about that. Listen, all I'm saying is, so John, if, you've got no, if you've got nothing to hide, show us the ground rating, because it then would back up what you're saying, that this ground is falling down. Is that fair enough? Is that fair enough? Pat. Silence.
So I get that. I get prudence about this one, but what I would have to say, I guess it's one point and two questions. Thamesmead Town did a similar thing. And it went wrong and they went from one ground to another ground and then they went out of business. Horsham, almost identical situation to us. They came out of their ground, they didn't have planning permission for somewhere else. And I think it was a particularly similar issue with the council there. It took them 12 years to get back and they nearly went bust. So I personally had a heavy heart and have to oppose that. I would, for whatever my voters were. However, solutions, if we're talking of a scenario where we go to Eastbourne Borough, we have to pay for our rent there, I'm sure of that, because that's with every dream. We're going to have a third support over there. You're going to be paying out for buses. We're going to be losing money rather than making it. Would it be an idea to project the money that we're going to lose? to try and plot something the other side of this pitch to at least give us security while we're being a plan B that suits everybody. That's my point.
fact, you were the Vice President of the Trust, and you're in charge of health and safety. On a number of occasions, you've been shitting yourself on the report and coming back. Uh, you'll recall when you wanted to resign because you just couldn't deal with it anymore. Yeah. I persuaded you yeah, to stay with it, stay on the journey, we will get there. Um, you know, and you're, don't for one minute think we don't appreciate and value every person in this room. You know, your supporters of the club, you've been, most of you supporting the club a lot longer since we've been around. But, you know, here's, here's the person who's responsible for the health and safety. You know the issues that we're facing. Actually. We're not inventing it. Yeah, that's what I've said. Yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, and it's, it's untenable. You can't keep putting in money and expending with no return, and if all you're doing is just, it's a temporary measure, you know, we'll still have the same problem next year, and the year after, and the year after. So, and eventually, you know, and again, it, it ties in, you, you spoke about where the fans are, but where's the money coming from? Because you'll reach a point where you can't generate any money. In a seriously yeah. deprived area. Absolutely. You're, you know, we as custodians at the moment, yeah, the club's going to be around for this little on for the future tonight. But if there's somebody that can basically come and protest, they would want to buy the club. If they put, are willing to put the finances in, and we'll work out why they can safeguard that, then yes, it might be a case that we'll consider that. At the moment, we're not selling the club. There's never been a discussion. But you know, look at the bigger issues here. And I'm sorry I mentioned about the resigning pact, but no, no, well, you know, there's so many things. That's what I said yeah. to everyone to trust me when I tell you yeah. what, the, what that standard, you know. Yeah. That's what I mean. We do have to check the wind. Yeah, I mean, Pat, um, you and I have known each other for eight years now. Yeah. You know the sort of person I am. Um, Absolutely. Do you think Peter and I have a hidden agenda and it's all about the moment? Because I'd like to tell, you know, it's not who we are. We I don't appreciate the value thing. You, you know it. I don't think you've got a hidden agenda. No, absolutely. But I do think that the Eastbourne solution would be suicide. It's yes. a fucking nightmare, yes. the Eastbourne situation. Until somebody says, hang on a minute, I've got a solution, we don't need to get yeah. it. If somebody comes up with that solution, please tell us. You know, because we can't find it at the moment, but maybe someone's going to offer. We've got the solution. Right, what's the solution? The solution is stay here, right. football foundation money, council support. That falls down on the council support. Lots of people waiting to ask a question. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'd like to hear from a councillor. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've met with the guys loads of times over the last eight years, um, and they're right. Yeah, there has been a couple of cabinet papers that have been talking about the support of the club trying to find a new venue for new facilities because we're all agreed the town needs brand new facilities for yeah football in general, not just youth, but across the board. Yeah, we're crying out for 3G pitches. We're just about to finish off our. Uh, pitch, uh, uh, Robert Hastings pitch strategy, and that's going to be saying exactly the same things that we need at least two more 3G pitches to facilitate the, the, the explosion in not, not in Sunday and Saturday league football, but in the sort of like that growth of that evening football that's going on at the moment. Now, a couple of points, I've written a couple of points down. I just want to sort of like just, just go back to the planning application business, okay? 
there's, uh, I would really challenge them to ever find me showing me an email or anything to actually say that we encourage them to put a planning application in. I would absolutely categorically state that when they said they were going to be putting a planning application, we told them not to. 100% do not put a planning application in. I'm telling you that is what happened because of three things that are really clear in the cabinet papers that, are, that you can read online. Okay. And there was three things that was asked for, and, and the boys can, can, can correct me if I'm wrong. A heads of terms has never been signed between the council and Hastings United. Uh, the business plan has never been signed off between Hastings Council and this club because the, the numbers do not add up. Okay, and the third bit is the community agreement was never signed off either. So those three things that are clearly in those three things that are clearly in the cabinet papers have never been sorted out. So when they said, so, so, and, they, and, so and somebody with a suspicious mind would suggest because those three things couldn't be sort, sorted out, they decided to put a planning application to try and bounce the council into a decision. Okay, and that's what's happened. So they're on the fact that they have decided to spend a quarter of a million pounds on a planning application that they knew they didn't have the support of the, the owners of the land. We are the owners of the land. The council. No, we the are the owners of the land. Yeah, we, the are. We, we are. Yeah, we are. We are the land. We, we, that's what I said. That. I said it's that. a misconception with council. No, no, no. I was really clear. I was really clear. I said, if we own the land, the royal we, us, the whole of the town. I didn't say that. I didn't say that the council owned the land. So yeah, and we and we have to, we have a responsibility to look after it on the behalf of the people that put us in yes. those positions. Okay, and these yeah, these are two valuable pieces of land we're talking about. You know, the pilot fields is, is valued by the, not only the club but the local people around it, and as an open space. And also, Tolkien is equally as valued by the people up so there. So it's the top of our alignment. You're still fucking building on it. So, you know, so th these are two valuable pieces of land, not only just in value, in, in, in cost, in value, but also to the people that live there. And so I'll go back, I'll, go back to, I'll, I'll, go, I'll just go back to the, the original cabinet papers, okay? Those three things have never been signed off. Okay, and then when, so the confusion gets a bit really is when anybody puts a planning application in or wants to put a planning application in, then the council officers, who are not the councillors, the council officers have, have to, have to go What point are you trying to make? No, 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 I'm saying that they have to then um, work with the people that are putting the planning application. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're in support of the application, okay? And the reason why it got unanimously voted in the planning, planning bit, because it, because it hit all the planning application um, yeah, notches, doesn't mean that the actual people that voted it in supported the actual idea of moving to Tolkien. It's two, they're two totally different things. It's a, it's, a, it's a planning application, it has to go through a semi-judicial role, and that's the way it is. So, so it, you, I, I tomorrow could build, I could put a planning application in for your back garden, absolutely illegally, and I could get planning application approved in principle to build a house in your back garden. But are you going to sell me your back garden? No, you, 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 you normally you go around the way and you say, "Can I have your back garden first? So can I can I have your back garden?" And then I've got a planning application when I know I've got consent for it. It was ludicrous to put a planning application in when there was no consent from the people that were looking after the, the, the land itself. 
I'm, I'm just so, so committed to getting facilities for this town, but I'm afraid... But you've got to pay for them. Once you build, these houses will not generate enough money to build that stadium complex. Not even phase one. Not even phase one. Well, you'll never know, will you? Because you won't get the chance. Money, where, where, where is the rest of the money coming? Honestly, listen, please. How else are you going to afford it? You build those houses. Now, spend any money you've got. You build those houses. Can you answer that? We've had offers from other developers. Including a horn site. Including a horn site. Can I just respond with a couple of points? So when these houses are built, and it's still two, three million pounds short to build those facilities, and they have to borrow the money from somewhere, how much, are they, how much does that cost to repay every single year when they can't even afford £120,000 to, to do the safety stuff here? So where's that money? Who said they couldn't from? afford it? They so said, why should they bother with it? James, who runs the, uh, the, the women's um, uh, football side of your, your club, uh, talking about how Tolkien needs to be yeah, looked after better and that sort of thing, which, which was a bit strange because I know that the Hastings United has an agreement to do extra maintenance on that pitch and everything like that, so I'm just questioning that at the moment because that's part of the agreement. Um, but um, Horntai is sitting there, and you said you said you said that in conversation with Horntai already. Because Horntai is quite integrated with this club, because the original bids to move the stuff and whatever, the, the, the money was going to be lent by the Horntai Trust to the club while they their development. So it's quite, it's quite messy yeah. how it works together. I know there's been a, they've, they've, they've dis disconnected the trustees a bit now, but the Horntai, I mean, for me, Horntai is sitting there. It would make a fantastic stadium. It's got a 3G pitch 
waiting to be resurfaced there. It's got a clubhouse sitting there waiting to be used for the club. It's got parking, it's closer to the town centre. So uh, if you want, yeah, you're asking for a solution, go and talk to the Hornside Trust, who are desperate to, uh, to sell and, and clear their debts. You guys know them, know them very well. Uh, there's actually planning permission for some housing on there as well, so you can finance some of the stuff via the housing that's already uh, there. So th th there's one, just one solution. There's just one. Just a couple of points, especially for the council here tonight. The council back in 2019, one of the cabinet reports, approved in principle the sale to Hastings and supported it unanimously including, incidentally, Councillor Barnett, who was on council at that time, not as leader. Since then, years have been spent over the past time going through it and getting the planning application. We won't argue about whether the motives, as you state them, were so or not. I don't think they were at all. But that was unanimously approved. Everything has been unanimously approved until the 18th of February, when Councillor Barnett issued a statement saying that we're not going to sell the land and we're not going to sell it because of the pandemic and the climate emergency. They were the two reasons. So perhaps the council, or councillors for the here tonight, could respond and inform the meeting as to how the pandemic has affected what was already in progress and how the climate emergency affects what the plans were going to be. Because the climate emergency strategy, as outlined by the council, including the new one that council has just approved, makes no mention of open spaces, of planning, or anything like that. It's about a lot of things, a lot of very good things, but it doesn't mention and in any way affect the development that we're talking about here tonight. The other question I'd ask the councillors here tonight, can they say at which council meeting or cabinet meeting or any other meeting of the council, but unlikely, as a key decision when council decided not to continue with the sale and the project? Because I have researched all the council papers since 2018, and there has not been any decision recorded. So, when was the decision not to go forward? And the other thing I would say finally were two things. Firstly, thank you to Peter and Darren, Billy, and his fellow directors, and all the volunteers who, over the most recent years, have given us a fantastic club. I saw my first match here up on the bank in 1958 as an electric And I haven't been here all the time because I've been working away from Hastings, but I was born in Hastings, near the central cricket ground which sadly we lost, as my friend over here But it's just what is being said, the facts are just not true. And what I would say to all the fans here is don't direct your anger and your 
unhappiness that the two guys up the top there who, who are trying to do their best with the other directors write to your local councillors yeah. and say reconsider the decision that councillor Barnett has taken and only he has taken because nobody at no council meeting has said this unless the councillors can say tonight when that happened and say let us continue because the way of not going to Eastbourne is to get Tolkien redeveloped and not spending loads of money on here which for a few years it might survive a bit longer but the other thing that council is doing at the moment is looking at its draft local plan for the period 2019 to 2039 and this site is designated for housing it will be developed for housing well it's in the plan. Yeah. In, in, you're talking about the new draft plan. It, it, it's in the draft plan. In the draft plan, it will be. It's already space. designated. It will be, be designated as painful. Right. No, it's not designated. It will be. Not, well, I, I that's will not be. what it's said in the plan. No, the draft, the new draft. Well, it's not. It's designated as new plan for residential development. Our friend talked about storm pipes and losing that there was a plan application and outline not so long ago for the redevelopment of Corn Tide. The cricket ground is going to Claremont. Yes. Now, that might not happen yet, but that's yeah, the idea. <coughs> All of the green spaces in the town, Corn Tide, Harrow Lane, Bulver Hive, Bulver Hive didn't go forward because of environmental problems. <coughs> right? Too much of a flight risk in the river. But all of the green spaces are being viewed and looked at for development. Yep. So the idea that we protect green spaces as an argument against the development of Tolkien is nonsense. And the other thing nonsense is that if Tolkien is redeveloped under the council's own typology on open spaces, Tolkien, with the new development, is still an open space. So you're not redeveloped. Have a go at your local councillors yep. and say, look, it's yeah, yeah. your conscience. Yeah. Well said. You know what this club is doing for the community. Support, reconsider, and support the application to go forward. Can I just come back on three points that were made by the councillor for health? sports and leisure. Um, Andy, you mentioned three things. The heads of terms, um, they were subject to planning anyway, uh, but everything was agreed in drafts of those. The business plan was actually agreed twice by your auditors, and I can send you the emails. The community open space agreement was never agreed. Uh, it was signed off by Sport England and the Football Foundation. What more do you want? Anyway, I've got the cabinet report in my hand. Have you got the letter about that? I've got the cabinet report in Andy, I'll listen to you. You can listen to me for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in 2018, this is the cabinet report that Andy prepared. There is a section in there. It's all online. It's all online. The risk of inaction. Risk of inaction. The long-term future of Hastings United will be in jeopardy. Second one, the borough may lose the football academy. This is all in the report. 
Third one, the opportunity for women's and girls' football to be developed would be in jeopardy. The current scheme with the college would come to an end. Hastings Borough Council would lose additional housing. And also, we would lose the expansion of football facilities, floodlit provision, and 3G pitches. This is what the council wrote, not me. So we know that by August we, we don't have a new stadium at Tarleton. It's impossible to build it in that time. Yeah. So that means we have a, have a decision to make. You said that if we move to Eastbourne, then all of the, the, the youth set up, we're at risk of losing it, women's side, the other set up, and we've seen, we've seen the left. So um, we've got a choice for August whether we spend tens of thousands of pounds, perhaps even a game going to Eastbourne, it's a lot of money to ground share, we will lose money every single week, 30 home games a season going to play at Eastbourne. That, what are we going to do next season? Why can't we get this ready for another, another season so we can stay here? And keep all of those, all the youth, you've talked about all those different teams and the youth set up and the benefits of having all that community project, which is great. With, why are we throwing it away rather than spending that money, which we'll lose next season? Why can't we use it here? Next season? Because this is going to happen yeah. in August. No, it's a, it's a good point, George. Uh, the council insisted on an £8 million bond because what they were saying is we don't trust that Hastings United football is not going to build Tarleton. Therefore, you must build it first. And then we can sell the free We went through loads and loads of meetings and we came to an agreement <coughs> that actually what you do is you would play somewhere else for that for that for one season so that the site because without the site being sold, we can't build and invest in the new stadium. It's logical, but the council didn't trust us in that respect, and that's where the bond issue uh, arose. But the money we'd lose paying at Eastbourne for one season could be just as much as getting that ready for another season and we wouldn't lose need, all of the, the receipt. Sorry, John, you need the receipt from here, the many millions of pounds, to be starting to build the toll. Toll kill's going to take, say, 12 to 15 months. And if we can do it rapidly in terms of the development of the steel structure, etc., then we can at least get that done in one season. Peter, I think, I think the question is asked, though, because I think the answer is... I think what you're saying is, so if we go to Eastbourne next year, obviously we fund the team, and we all have to pay the, 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 the higher and what have you. So there'd be a cost for us as Hastings United, right, being there, like, what we do. With that cost, maybe we say these lots of around and say, oh, we're not going to Eastbourne, so we're not getting 1,000 people, we're getting 200 people, for example. Yeah. There'd be a loss of income. 
Um, so, which normally, as you guys have done for the last seven, eight years, underwrote every, every loss that we've had. Um, that will happen. So we'll have a loss over the year. Whatever that, say that loss is, what are you trying to say? How much is it, George? I don't know how much, how much, how much would it be? Everything else seems to have been costed. So how much would it be? Well, here's the, here's the thing. With a reduced crowd, the losses are still greater if we were to expend here. But what would we lose in terms of the heart, the heart of the club? The club goes if we play at Eastbourne, so surely that is, that is worth it. Yeah, we're not, we're not denying that, but has anybody got a realistic solution? I mean, if you... If you want to write out a cheque amongst yourself, absolutely we'll stay put. But you keep implying, you know, where's it coming from? What about £120,000 each? If we spend £120,000 next year, what about the general maintenance? This is basically the same thing. Every season of those times, we're expending more and more maintenance. I, I, I think in, in lots of ways this has turned into a debate about tile kiln and actually if you go around the room I think you'd have a lot of support for tile kiln. I know the supporters club has supported tile kiln and you know I think a lot of people would be on board with that. The problem is it's not on the table. So all that's currently on the table is managing to stay at this ground next season or moving to Eastbourne Borough. Eastbourne Borough, as Pat has, discussed, has said, the, this country is littered with non-league clubs that moved out of their boroughs and never made it back. The graveyards are everywhere. There is no guarantee that this club would come back to the town after that point. As far as I'm concerned, it would, it, it would, be, it would be a long, lingering death of this football club. So what I'm saying is, next seat for next season, you need to convince people that pilot field is not possible. Because the alternative that you're putting forward is death. Yes. So that's your job. Is I, I understand about Tarkin, you can sell that all you like. No, 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 because because you cannot build Tarkin for August. So next season we've got to be playing somewhere. Correct. So you've got to convince us that there is actually a pathway through that. Otherwise, you're just saying we're going to Eastbourne and we're never coming back. In which case, I am not going to Eastbourne, and I imagine a lot of other people aren't either. Can I say something else? I'm a local councillor. I am one of the people who makes sure that I am the member for Ashdown Ward, which includes Harrow Lane, Fayfield. And I spent five years opposing the development of Harrow Lane. It has been promoted by yeah. Councillor Batford to put up 140 social housing units. It, it, it is going to happen the way it seems. Though I'm not even convinced now that they've actually sold the land. But we never get an answer. Have you sold it? Yes. They say yes. yes. It doesn't show in the figures. It doesn't show in the accounts. I know they need the money. Second, second point. Who decided on the council not to move Town Kiln. It was only one man, so far as I understand. That was Councillor Paul Barney. He never referred to his own party, let alone the council. The council was never involved. How did he do that? How did he do that? Well, he had not brought it to council. All he does is say, well, he's not for sale. How did he do that? You have to ask a lawyer. I don't know. If I was cynical, I would say that. 
when the announcement was made just before election time, maybe Councillor Barnett thought that was a great vote winner well, in his Hollington that is not a majority run council. He may be the lead member of the council, but he's not in a majority group. There is no majority group. We've got the, we've got the Greens, we've got the Conservatives, and we've got Labour. Now, it's quite possible that if you approach the council now, uh, either the new shared arrangements that we are developing, or that I've got Claire Carl, my right here, she's been at a meeting today talking about the same thing, about sharing the decision-making across the borough. Councillor Bassford can't make any decisions anymore. He has to consult the other parties. And so there is a glimmer of light there, I would suggest. And if you do perceive that, I think you've got a lot of warm support, certainly from the Conservatives, I can't speak for the Green Party, and I can't speak for some of the Labour parties, but I think they might be winning the fortune as well. So there's, there's a glimmer of How can you do that? Well, that's the How can you do that? Well, that's the How can you do that? Yeah. Well, let's listen to our listeners. Listen! I would suggest, as Councillor Batsford said, that there was no business case and they hadn't seen this document in that document. If you have those things, please circulate them to, to in fact, all three groups. We will take those things on their merits, we will look at them, and then we can discuss them properly and fully. That's how a decision should be made, yeah. by the fact yeah. and properly yeah. and fully. Yeah. I'd like to point out that any discussion about horn size seems to be quite a moot point. I'm not sure what Councillor Batsford knows, but perhaps the rest of us don't. But there has been a planning application that has gone in on the horn size for housing. Um, so it has not gone through yet, and it has not been withdrawn. Um, and, and as far as I'm aware, hockey and cricket is due to be moved completely out of the same as football may well be, and, go to, and in that case go out to pass to Claire on that yesterday. We can't have all of our sports commission leave the interesting how we would even go about unlocking that because all tribe trust have actually sold their land on an option agreement so um, unless well, maybe Andy's got the magic solution there um, if we can get past that hurdle then maybe the council will fund a new application because again it probably takes the best part of 120 140,000 pounds to fund an application so maybe Andy could also unlock that for us as well Brilliant. Don't listen to some of the Greens, well, they don't vote on the council, only, 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 unless it's for green issues. That's all. So don't think they're going to help, and they're going to help. I'm not sure. Shout out a minute. I'll be quiet here. 
so just pipe down. Cold grove, as you know where that is. Right. That is a possibility. It can lead to quite a bit of money, though. Bloody bean, so what the hell are they waiting for? Vote them out. Well, they yeah, will be the If you work out how much money they will get by all the rates, all the people that move into these houses will pay, that's a hell of a lot of money. I mean, I'm paying two thousand pounds now for flipping rates. What's it going to go up to next year? You get, how many was it? 94 houses. 94 houses. Whatever it is. Times 2,000? What's that money? Bloody lot of money. Come on, Council. Get your bloody finger out and do us all a big favour. Or better still, design. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, it would have been below 84,000. I would imagine that it's not too long before yeah. the relevant second notice yeah. um, is served, where effectively the government commissioners would have to step in. Yeah, the council um, will. It's been years of history. The government will. Would it be worth taking an immediate straw poll on those sitting here today, supporters of the club and the town, uh, those who support the directors and those who do not? Who are taking us Slagging match, okay? We've got to listen. If you ask a question, right, let them answer, then respond, like we have everyone else. We've got to do this properly because we, as a football club, they made it clear we're in a situation here, yeah, that we all want what's best for the football club, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. So let's listen and let's get to the bottom of it and work out how we, Hastings United, move forward. Simple as. Politicians over here, the Green Party, yeah. and uh, everything comes saying, uh, is this true? 
So the, the, the bottom line is, okay, so we, we, all, we all were up for election in May of this year, yeah. Yeah. and if, if I had the manifestos from each, every single party here, the Green Party and the Conservative Party and the Labour Party, each one of them said, no building on green space. Is that correct, Councillor Edwards? Yeah. I'm not local member, so I can't tell you on that. Oh, he's called his own manifesto. Every single, every single party in this town stood on a, on a manifesto of not building on green spaces. Okay? So, so if, 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 if the other parties, if the other parties are changing their mind about that, then they need to think about how they come forward to the electorate and they promise one thing, and then they swing and then they change their mind. Yeah, yeah, so, so uh, that's, that's all I can say on that bit. Oh, I'm sorry. It's between three. Not between just the counts. Yeah, yeah. So, so because because of the election in time that uh, in May, there's a the, the labour labour count labour group is the biggest one. So they, they were asked to form try and form a, yeah a working council. So that's that's what we're doing at the moment. We're working out how you, how you, how you do that with a with a, with a, a split so council. So, these gentlemen over here getting in touch with all three parties like this lady. Well, they, they, well, they're, they're more than welcome to get in touch. With them. But what, all I can say is the, the only documents that have, have been agreed by the council have been the cabinet papers, okay? And they really did, I, I don't, it sounds like I'm really repeating myself, but, but the heads of terms, the community use and the business plan were never agreed by the two parties. They've, they've, ne they've never been agreed by the two parties. And one of those parties is the party... Yeah, do you support it, though? Would you want a football club in this town? Uh, yeah, I, I, want you, you? I want you guys... I, I want you guys then to then do come up with a message. Hey, Stop playing. Hey, 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 Come on, I want you to stay at the pilot pilot fields. It's ultimately a doable space to develop and actually make it a really successful, sustainable club. Can we ask you, Councillor Mendy, council, are going to do to help us stay here? I haven't finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the directors. Yep. And you said the same thing. We want to pursue yeah, means yeah. to keep Hastings United at the pipe. Yeah. What yeah. are what you are and your group yes. doing yes. to help so, us stay nothing. here? Absolutely. So um, we have we've asked several. So, so we have asked several times. I think the directors can confirm this. We've asked several times for our officers to come up here and talk to the directors. Go around the club here, to around, around the site, and, and look at that. Has that has that has that been asked? And have you agreed for them to come up and have a look at it? No, I'm asking. So sorry, I thought you were asking questions. Sorry, so so have have the have have the requests of our officers been answered to, to come round and look at the site and see what we can do collectively well, together. Ha, have they? Have, have, please, please just answer that question. Have, have, have you agreed for the officers to come round and look at the site so we can move forward with the possible uh, collective response to uh, the pilot fields being sustainable? Have you agreed to that? We have replied. No, come anytime you want. Oh, but, oh, but, Andy, what's the solution? 
Have you have you arranged for a meeting? We're asking you, are you going to have the conversation? And if not, why not? I have had the conversation. I started by saying you haven't. Andy, you've asked the question. Have we invited the last eight years? We've analysed. Let me finish. Unless you want to speak over me. Um, for the last eight years, we've been through all the business cases. We know every inch of this site. Your officers, whether it's Keith Dooley, Andrew Palmer, Simon Hubbard, I could name uh, Susan from the housing. You know, we've had it all. And all you offer us is a levelling up bid, which when you look at the guidance, we haven't got a cat and hell's chance of getting that money. Also, what happens to the 29... I keep repeating myself. What happens to the youth? Forget, forget the first team. What about all the people that go out of borough to play? That single pitch, Andy, staying here is not an option. We've just had five that have made it already here. We already have. We've got to close this up now. That's where we have to leave it, youth fans. This is not the end of it, this is only just the beginning. Please, message, email in. If not to me here at the show, then please, Facebook, Hastings United Independent Supports Club, or their email, info.huisc at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. This is our club, let's get our voice heard. That's it for another week, grassroots football fans. Whoever you're going to watch this week, make sure you're loud and proud. As ever, if you want to get in contact with the show, or have any suggestions, or want to get in on our weekly roundtables, that email again is hufcpod at gmail.com or on the Twitter, which is at hufcpodcast. You can get this podcast on all major platforms, be it Google Podcasts, Audible, iTunes, Spotify, or Amazon Music. And we have a jam-packed YouTube channel, chock-a-block full of video interviews and episodes from the podcast. Please, please, please give it a look, a comment, or a like, but definitely subscribe. It's all free. All that's left for me to say is, I've been your host, Chris Laverick. Hope you have a good week and see you at the game.